Do, wait, wait, what's the sauce that they have? I, I don't know. I think I think we're getting some sort of white sauce with oh, the buffalo no. chicken. If it's blue cheese okay. all over my pizza. I don't think it's blue cheese. I, I'm, I'm, I, for some reason, I'm picturing like an Alfredo or something. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to uh, be interesting. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Then. All right, whatever. Well, we'll get time. Yeah. It'll probably come in the middle of the show. So. It will definitely come in the middle Guys, of the show. Well, we're stepping over this beautiful thing. Sorry. I love this thing, though. Thank you, Ryan Cashman, for not suing me for stealing your song. <laughs> Welcome to Literally Literary. He was trying real hard to hit that one. Sorry. <laughs> with with <laughs> Sean O'Brien. Hi, guys. And Sean Vaubernitz. Sean Va. And Joey Bonnier. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? Wonderful yourself. I'm well. I'm good. I'm yeah. well. So we, as always, we have our pizza coming. Yeah, it's about one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We're just hanging. You're sleepy, and uh, I figure, I figure, I got some books. May as well read to you guys. After hours, mm. fuck. What else are we gonna do otherwise, right? Fuck. Waiting for dark. pizzas doesn't seem like you know. It's about might as well get, hang out and do something. Let's get literal in here. Mm-hmm. So I have here um, the complete works of William Blake. I have Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I have The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> I have Great Expectations Man, by Charles Scott Dickens. Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> and and upon, uh, by, from, jo- <laughs> from Joey's request, uh, uh, Oedipus Rex, also known as Oedipus the King, and Antigone, both by Sophocles. Uh, um, oh, real quick before you get too far into things, sure. just a uh, quick bit of uh, business. Uh, oh, okay. Those of you that are uh, listening to the other Fallcast shows, be it uh, Text Before Calling or Paula Tinkering, you might want to uh, resubscribe your feed. We are transitioning everything away from SoundCloud over to its own uh, website, so you can visit us at Fallcast.com. That's Fallcast.com. That's Fallcast.com. How does one resubscribe, Sean? Well, funny you should ask. Thank you. So, if you are subscribed through iTunes, you can go into forecast.com and follow the link to your iTunes server. There you can resubscribe just as you did in the first incarnation, like a virgin. If you are on any other podcatcher, there is an RSS link on our website, forecast.com. Feel free to copy that RSS link into your podcatcher and away you go. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's get nerdy. No, it was perfect. You two, you I'm fucking knuckleheads. I love it. I love it. It was perfect. I loved it. I love it more than anything. That was my so, impression of our theme song. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the money. Um, copyright free. Cool. So uh, speaking of copyright free, mm. anything suiting your fancy? You guys have any questions about these books? Blake uh, is probably who the fuck my is that Blake guy? William Blake, one of yeah. my favorite poets. So in our in our we tried recording this before, this and I was Blake way the fuck off in the years. Um, so uh. he was sort of before the Romantic period, mm. um, the so early Romantics. Um, and where is this man from, Mr. So was, William Blake? That was before New Wave. He's British. Yes, way before New Wave. <laughs> He's an Englishman. Um, so yeah, 1757, William Blake was born. Mm. Uh, so he wrote mostly a lot of his shit in kind of the early 19th century. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I should really say late. So it was like 17, most of his stuff. So there was the Marriage of Heaven and Hell. But the, the what I know him best from is um, Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. So <laughs> Songs of Innocence he wrote earlier in his life. Is that the prequel to the Song of Ice and Fire? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, 
he wrote Song of Innocence, Songs of Innocence earlier in his life. Um, and they're all sort of prosaic and cute. And they're not bad poems. They're all good poems. Um, but then, and they're also, he also was an artist as well. So, so he has, uh, <laughs> um, he has uh, pictorial representations of a lot of the different things. The Marriage of Heaven Ooh. and Hell is probably his most famous one. Um, but you probably know Red the Dragon. The like Red Dragon. Red Dragon. You know, I know the, the camera. You saw the, you, you, did you see the movie or read the book? Red Dragon. Oh, no. Did you see the movie? Red Dragon. No, Red Dragon. With Edward Norton? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know that, you know that painting that's in there that like they're uh, fucking. Isn't that, that a Hannibal movie? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that painting is William Blake. Oh. Um, so no, the, what was it? Um, so Songs of Experience was all that. So there's like the, the, the lamb and there's like, um, what was it? Uh, Last Down on um, Broadway. Right, exactly. Jesus? I can't remember the other ones. Um, I'll look for them in a second. The Lamb of God. But then there were, um, there, there's sort of the the, the inverse version of each one. So like the lamb, there was the tiger, right? Um, for the, the chimney sweep, I feel like was one of them. And then there was like the, the older version chimney. of chimney sweep. You fucking wise I think ass. you're confusing <laughs> this with Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. I am not, I promise. Um, but those are good. So like, uh, so the lamb was... Uh, Little lamb, little lamb, who made thee? Dost thou know who made thee? Gave thee life and bid thee feed by the stream and o'er the mead. Gave thee clothing of delight, softest clothing, woolly bright. Give thee such a tender voice, making all the vales rejoice. Little lamb, who made thee? Dost thou know who made thee? Little lamb, I'll tell thee. Little lamb, I'll tell thee. He is called by thy name, for he calls himself a lamb. He is meek and he is mild. He became a little child. I a child and thou a lamb. We are called by his name. Little lamb, God bless thee. Little lamb, God bless thee. What is the lamb there, boys? Joey? I mean, my guess is Jesus. Baby Jesus. You got it, little baby Jesus. Sweet, sweet baby Jesus. Little sweet baby Jesus. In the manger, sweet baby Jesus. Um, and then when you were to, I got to find it. I, know, I actually haven't really opened this book yet. Um, if you were to compare that to the tiger, which is probably Blake's most famous one. Um, wow. That's a tiger? <laughs> no, that was a fucking that Yuri a- when I step on him. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Poor cat. Step on your cat. No, don't. Well, it's not on purpose, but you know, he's a cat. He's on the floor. He went for me. So then you compare that to the tiger, which goes. It's not bad. Tiger, tiger burning bright. You're in no the Michael f- Winslow, you know. Tiger, tiger burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye could Catch frame thy hunt. fearful symmetry? In what distant deep. Deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes. On that wings dare he aspire. What the hand dare seize the fire. And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart. And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet. What the hammer, what the chain. In what furnace was thy brain. What, <laughs> what the, the hammer. What, <laughs> what dead grasp <laughs> dare its deadly terrors clasp. When the stars threw down their spears and watered heavens with their tears, did he smile? Did his smile? Did he smile? His work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? I tiger, like tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? So and that, you are it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, Pretty good. So yeah. that's it's little things like that. Basically, is there there are. Um, poems that will sort of um, mirror in, a, in the innocence, mirror the innocence and experience between the two poems and, and years apart, of course. My favorite, of course, was always um, The Sick Rose, which goes, O rose, thou art sick. The invisible worm that flies in the night in the howling storm has found out thy bed of crimson joy and his dark secret love does thy life destroy. Dude, that rose was sick, bro. <laughs> 
You alright, Johnny? You alright, Johnny? Face is just whack. What's up? Do you mean to read it again? fucking a chicken or period? Um, read it again, please. The sick rose. Oh, rose, thou art sick. The invisible worm that flies in the night in the howling storm has found out thy bed of crimson joy and his dark secret love does thy life destroy. Yeah, my theory holds. Uh, it wouldn't be fucking a, a girl on her period. It would, if anything, it would be a miscarriage. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was a woman, woman who dies in childbirth or something. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But of course, it's more metaphorical as far as... Sorry, I'm just more optimistic than you fuckers. Well, when I think... The be- <laughs> what does it say? Like a bed of blood or something? Not a bed of blood, but something like that. What do you say? There is no bed of blood. I'm sorry, like a sea Has of- found out that bed of crimson joy. Well, crimson is red. Yeah. Crimson joy, that just... Yeah. Red joy, maybe like a, a like birth. Your, your joy is that the kid died? Oh, okay. I know. It's a miscarriage. It's something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I am. <laughs> or maybe uh, a Game of Thrones character. Perhaps a little red wedding, actually. Um, is it metaphorical? What is the rose then, though? By any other name. Still a sweet. Look at you two. <laughs> Foghorn of justice. Indeed. Um, is it metaphorical of the, like, in other words, uh, humanity? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Flies in the Society. night Yeah. They, I mean, so that's like my problem with like art writing, especially like, you know, stuff that short where it's just kind of like you can kind of retroactively apply any sort of meaning that you really want. It's not retroactive. Does it work or not? Like, in other words, a girl fucking your period does not work in this. I don't know if there's any meaning. Maybe you can well, find maybe. a few. Okay, let's see. O Rose, thou art sick, the invisible worm that flies in the night in the howling storm has found out thy bed of crimson joy and his dark and his dark secret love does thy life destroy. That's the worm. Who's the his? Well, his maybe you could say the love. moon. You could say the moon or something. Like is the worm, the invisible, like in the night or something like that? Like, oh, no, to me, the worm was his dick. Yeah, the, the invisible worm would be the well, I thought you were trying to have a woman on her period. I thought we were trying to fit that. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking a woman on the period. So the oh, it's fucking a woman on her period. Okay, yeah. Wow, this is getting graphic. Sorry. I mean, I read it. It's fair. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you asked my why my face contorted. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so there. That's that's the sick rose. That's the sick rose. The painting of it actually is pretty, pretty amazing. Sick. I wonder if they have the painting in here. It basically is, um, it, it, it has the sort of the, the, the roses, vines intertwined. Um, the Oh, you know what? There's like little references in the back. I wonder if there's like a thing. Does William Blake have like a badass death story? I feel like all these poets have some crazy death. I don't think so. I think it was pretty lame. He didn't like drink himself for no. Nah. No, nah, Blake, Blake was pretty. Blake was pretty. Um, pretty steady. He was just very fucking good and solid. Hmm. Just a um, good writer. Straight yeah, dude. I love Yeoman. I think William Blake is my favorite poet, actually. <laughs> Yo, man. If I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, jeez. <laughs> nah, was, that's like uh, my worst joke ever. Oh, I love it. <laughs> page, that's my style. <laughs> page one, fucking twelve. Uh, you can look it up though. Let's look up the sick rose. I'm sure there's plenty of like okay. references on uh, Wikipedia or some shit like that. I got to find it in the back of this book. I got to figure out where the fuck of it explains a little bit more. Um, this is one of the poems that actually kind of got me into poetry. Ironically enough, the rose. The sick, yeah, the sick rose. I love this poem. Huh. Um, it all vaguely works, but I don't really remember that much. Funnily enough, I don't really analyze like poetry or writing that much. Isn't that like what you're supposed to do? Kinda, yeah. It's what I like to do, and it's what I prefer to do, and like mm. have it evolve. But in many ways, with poetry, it's I don't I don't dig that deeply into it. I I, I just like the form itself and the sounds. It's sort of mm. like listening to music. Um, 
which is bad, probably. It's, it's, the the it's cadence. Pro- probably not a good thing to be confessing on this podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's relatively true, believe it or not. Well, what did you find, Joey? Let me just pros. read you the analysis that you have on Wikipedia. Sure, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. So Nathan Servo, Curvo? I don't know. He seems like a famous dude because they're just quoting him. Was that the dude from Mystery Science Theater? Yes. <laughs> Describes the, I'm just yes ending. Describes the poem as one of the most baffling and enigmatic in the English language. Mm-hmm. The rose and worm have been considered by critics as figures of humanity. Although Michael Raffetere Hashtag nailed it. <laughs> doubts the direct equivalence of man as a worm, when Blake makes this comparison in other places, Raffetere notes he is explicit about it. Nevertheless, the lesson of the worm may be ap- applicable to human experience. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Nailed that shit. Yeah, good show. Um, cool. Okay. I want to find there's the marriage hearse. I don't remember what poem that's in. It's not the chimney sweeper. Oh, it's London, I think. Um, there's a great line um, that Sean Fa you're going to hate. Here it is. Uh, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, <laughs> so this one's London. Um, so, and I think London is the, the opposite to, oh, I don't remember. I feel like it might be the chimney sweep. Songs of Innocence. Got a London see. town. Jesus Christ. Is that yeah. good? Yeah, I'm sure that was offensive. To who? <laughs> London townonians. Londoners? Oh, and there's Different. little. Yeah, I think it is. Oh. Okay, so I'll I'll read you the tri- the chimney sweeper first. I think it's the opposite. Um, so the chim, chimney sweeper. Chimney, chim, chimney. <laughs> chim, chim. True. When my mother died, I was very young, and my father sold me. While yet my tongue could scarcely cry, weep, 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 weep. So your chimney, I sweep and soot, I sleep, and in soot I sleep. There's little Tom Darcy who cried when his head. Yeah, who cried when his head that curled like lamb's back was shaved. So I said, hush, Tom, never mind it. For when your head's bare, you know that the soot cannot spoil your white hair. And so he was quiet in that very night as Tom was sleeping. He had such a sight that thousands of sweepers, Dick, Joe, Ned, and Jack, were all of them locked up in coffins of black. And by came an angel who had a bright key. And he opened the coffins and set them all free. Then down a green plain, leaping, laughing, they run and wash in a river and shine in the sun. Then naked and white, all their bags left behind, they rise upon clouds and sort in the wind. And the angel told Tom if he'd been a good boy, he'd have God for his father and never want joy. And so Tom awoke, and we rose in the dark, and got with our bags and our bushes to work. Though the morning was cold, Tom was happy and warm. So if all do their duty, they need not fear harm. That's the chimney sweeper. By the way, a fun, a fun little side note as far as reading poetry, guys. The, just because the lines end or begin at a certain spot, it doesn't actually mean you have to read it that way. You read it basically in the same way a sentence would. Um, and you allow the words to just kind of flow with it. So, like so a what's po- the purpose of formatting it yeah. that way? Um, well, when it rhymes, right? So the rhymes end at a particular point. So like, um, there's little Tom Darcy who cried when his head that curled like lamb's back was shaved. So I said, hush, Tom, never mind. So I'm reading it just as a regular sentence but it's still rhyming at the point but if you but if you, you are know. you emphasizing the end of those lines with did it rhyme? sound like it not really that's what i mean i'm not i'm not you can but a lot of people you know there's little tom darcy who cried when his head 
that curled like a lamb's back was shaved. So I said, I feel like a lot of people Tom, never mind it for when, yeah, but that's see a how, limerick rather than, <laughs> well, it's not a limerick. It wouldn't be a limerick. A limerick like has them, a more specific form to it. Oh, then I have no idea it. what I'm talking about. No, There's no, it's, I, I know what you mean, but it, it's, 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 you still can't, most people do read poetry that way where yeah. it's, they'll stop at, you know, they'll stop at the line, but that's not necessarily how the best way to read poetry. You, you just read it in the same way you would a sentence and let the words work. Um, Sometimes I eat my pizza crust first. <laughs> very good, Mr. Fall over there. So the parallel to the chimney sweeper is London in Songs of Experience. See if you guys can connect it. Um, I wander through each chartered street near where the chartered Thames does flow and mark in every face I meet marks of weakness, marks of woe. And every cry of every man and every infant's fear of cry and every voice and every ban, the mind-forged manacles I hear. How the chimney sweepers cry, every blackening church appalls, and the hapless soldier's sigh runs in blood down palace walls. But most through midnight streets I hear how the youthful harlot's curse blasts the newborn infant's tear and blights with plagues the marriage hearse. Yeah, I don't know. It was poppy, but nothing actually made sense to me. I feel like he's just like a dude in London. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who, from whose perspective is London? I wandered through each chartered street. It's the I, right? Yeah. So it's a very it's the dude. Yeah. So yeah. oh, I thought it was a specific like job. Or no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's just I wandered through each chartered street near where the chartered Thames does flow. The Thames, obviously, the River Thames, and mark in every face I meet marks of weakness, marks of woe. Right. So it's just reading people. Just people sad What's walking down just, the street. <laughs> Sean Fah, I love you so much. You're the best. <laughs> so he's just looking at guys. He's, he's looking at people, right? It's like, well, what does that mean? He, 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 you know, he, he marks in every face I meet marks of weakness, marks of woe. I, I read that or I hear that, I should say, as, um, you know, like poker tells. Well, yeah, maybe, but it's not. It's not that people are necessarily hiding it. And I mean, I guess in a weird way they are. Well, no, but I mean, what, just... what are the marks of weakness, marks of woe? Oh, just, you know, like downtrodden people. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, Age lines, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Precisely. And, and I, so, but also, and Mark in every face, I meet marks of weakness. So he, so it's. He just a, remembers. Well, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a play on the words, right? So I mark in faces, marks of weakness, marks of woe. Yeah. To, well, I to mean, mark is kind of to, to remember, like in, mar- to etch in your mind. Right. The, the etchings of He's a person's face. He's marking the marks of the marked. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Is there a guy named Mark? <laughs> it's like uh, every, bad company, bad Mark. company on bad company. In, in every cry of every man and every infant's fear of cry and every voice and every band, the mind forged manacles I hear. Sorry, in every infant's cry of fear, I, I keep that. Oh, Sorry, wow. forced. What was that? Sorry, in every cry of every man and every infant's cry of fear and every voice and every band, the mind forged manacles I hear. Mind-forged manacles. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That's What's the, a manacle? Uh, the woes of society, the uh, the shackles of society. Yeah, the, manacle is the, a shackle. He's talking yeah, about the Illuminati, yo. More or less, yeah. yeah ma- manacles are like uh, shackles that you put around your ankles. Yeah. Um, or hands, really, just handcuffs, basically. And mind-forged manacles. In other words, they might be real, yeah, they, they might be exist. not. They might not yeah. be. They, they don't necessarily exist. They're mind-forged. Oh, They're cool. in the mind. Um, and those marks are basically what, what he's looking at. Like the elephant shackled to the stake as a baby. And then as the, as the callback, how the chimney sweepers cry, every blackening church appalls, and the hapless soldier's sigh runs in blood down palace walls. What happened there? Yeah, that I'm lost on. Uh, well, I think the... It's still the marks. Well, I think it's still he's, the marks, he's, the, he's the marks talk, of weakness. Marks I think he's well. talking about how religion and 
the monarchy are using the poor? Yeah, take that one more time. I feel like he's talking about how the chimney sweeps are sweeping up the, the churches and then the blood of the poor. I'm sorry, go read it again. How yeah. the chimney sweepers cry every blackening church appalls. And the hapless soldier's cry runs down, runs in blood down palace walls. So how the chimney sweepers cry, right? Every blackening church appalls. In other words, the, the chimney sweepers are, are, are cleaning the churches in a way. But also if we go back to kind of our chimney sweeper. The- Wait, so I'm, I'm caught up on appalls. Um, to me, that comes across as the... Um, the cry appalls itself. The, the, the appalls is referring to the cry. How the uh, chimney sweepers cry every black church appalls. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, the church is the one that's appalling the, the chimney sweepers cry. Right. So being being appalled is being like offended, right? Being, yeah, like, more or less. It's shocked. Not, okay. uh, right? Surprised? Uh, it's a combination of the two, actually. Yeah. yeah. Offe- yeah offended. And yeah. yeah, that's true. Y- like a, um, yeah, a, a societal, D- Disgusted response. In a yeah, way. yeah. To a societal ale. Sure. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So the, the, the church is... Uh, discontent with the status of these working children how the chimney sweepers cry every blackening church appalls yeah yeah i guess I also, the, the church is against child labor i like that it might be saint paul's sure for the cathedral like appalls i think that might be interesting i don't know no you don't think you read that into oh, that? of like, paul's yeah paul no. you like paul well no it's it's obviously a word and not two i mean it's not unfair okay. but I, I but it's in what way does the was St. Paul have to do with this moment. Yeah, are we? Uh, um, I don't know enough about da Vinci Paul. Coding is, he, this, is, is Paul like the, the patron saint of? I don't know. Poor people. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll Google St. Paul. <laughs> okay. What? I'm curious. I don't okay. know shit about saints. I would look yeah. up London, like the poem I itself. I would look up the poem itself first. But anyway, okay. and the hapless soldier's sigh runs in blood down palace walls. Right, and I, I take that as metaphorically that you know the, the government is just using soldiers in a meat grinder to mm. fill its mm. coffers. Mm. That's what I thought too. Wait, what's this called? No, I, you're, 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 I, think that, I, I think that you're imposing too, you might be imposing too much upon that. Once they like, started talking about the both, Illuminati, yeah. I was all... <laughs> ironic both of you guys are. Like, you went to religion first, you went to government first. I, I, I don't think that either so of weird. them is necessarily... Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> I don't think that either of them is necessarily in it. I, I, right I, think, it's, I think it's more an element of the... the, 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 the the sort of a you know a inescapable plight of man ultimately like the, the the as hard as the chimney sweeper works ultimately there's nothing coming out of it and the same thing with the soldiers as much as they can work or do whatever it, it's it's ultimately fruitless and it, it it does run in blood down palace walls um and and as much as the chimney sweeper works it, you know it, the the walls will still be blackened mm. um i i see that both ways and from yeah i mean that i don't think uh I feel like that's just the intonation that you read it with that either of those work. Uh, perhaps, but I just, yeah. One's just a more pessimistic view of like intent, Shh. essentially. Okay. Um, then finally, we have the final verse. Uh, but most through midnight streets, I hear how the youthful harlot's curse blasts the newborn infant's ear, tear, sorry, and blights with plagues the marriage hearse. Marriage, I love that, marriage hearse. What is a marriage hearse? Is well, it's like a, <laughs> it's an oxymoron, right? Yeah, exactly. Marriage and death, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's well, unless, unless you ask Al Bundy, but um, <laughs> no. I mean, is it is it that they're like the plagues and their husbands are dying early? Like as soon as you get married, the guy's dead, or is it like the marriage is death itself? Or is it like that, you know, the 
the Hearst is basically the same thing as your limousine? Like, I would say yes to all of the above. Remember, this is this is the, the youthful harlots. This is the youthful <laughs> harlots cry. Right? Oh, in a midnight street. That's okay, the, that's re- what she's doing. That and, I'm reading and each this. one of those cries blasts the newborn infancy. God. Oh, so I, she, the newborn. Or, I'm sorry. What was the first part of that? The, the harlot uh, thing. But most through midnight streets, I hear the how the youthful, youthful harlots harlot. curse. Okay. Blast the newborn infant's tear. So and blights with plagues the marriages. They're mad that they that there's no one to marry him. No, I think they're mad that they have. Well, at least this is. I'm not taking. This is what it says. Well, they're here mad because they're a harlot. Yeah, they're whores. So I think what he's saying is that they have venereal diseases, the blight of venereal disease, and the final image is a marriage hearse, a vehicle in which love and desire combine with death and destruction. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading that from a website. Mm-hmm. So marriage hearse is totally metaphorical. Yes. Combination. Yeah. yeah. There is no actual marriage hearse. It's just a. It's just a. It's literally an oxymoron. Gotcha. Uh, well, not quite an oxymoron. I would say it's a. It's a bizarre. Portmanteau without actually yeah, yeah. making one word. What it's, makes it's just a metaphorical what yeah, makes phraseology. what makes William Blake unique from other poets? Um, wow, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I'd say his his body of work for the time period. Um, he was just as much a philosopher and an artist as he was a poet. So a lot of the romantics that came afterwards were similar in that capacity. But at the time, he was sort of the first one to really. He's the he's the one who breached the entire time period into the romantics so he used social commentary you'd say oh yeah a lot of the time for okay. sure for sure well, well, yeah that seemed that, to I mean, all to social me. commentary well i know but that was just one poem i yeah, wasn't yeah. sure if all of his poems were like that well I mean, no actually, no they all like, are they're like three of them are like they all that. are yeah yeah and the marriage of heaven and hell he, he was also pretty religious as well and that in that but he was seemed well, to be anti-religion a little bit with the chimney sweep thing i felt mm. like that was saying like that chimney sweeps are propping up religion like the poor people. no again i think you've imposed that i don't think it's in the poem Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that might be there. Okay. Don't you think they were a little bit anti-religious at this moment in time? The Enlightenment? Well, the, the way I was interpreting it was that... The, possible, sure. I was interpreting the other way, that the religion, like the church was the only one that gave a fuck, but there wasn't much they could do. But, it's possible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? That's nice about poetry, how we all read our own little... That's what's infuriating if you can, about poetry. If you, can, if you can defend it, then sure. If you can defend it within the text. And also, that's the other thing, too. We have to go in. You'd, we'd have to learn more about Blake. I mean, was he actually very religious or was he sort of anti-religious? I mean, you can, you can, you can delve into that. You can kind of decipher it as well. Um, I think it's hard to tell from here. I think did, it's pretty straightforward. As did you as, say he was your favorite or one of like... How would you classify Blake as his standing in he's literature? Way, I, I always thought he was kind of my favorite, and he sort of is in a way. I, okay. I haven't see. I literally just bought this book recently. From for, I read Songs of Innocence and Experience, and I did you know the the sort of you know looked at the duality between the two. Um, where does he stand in like the sort of social hierarchy? Where where would like um, you know literature departments place him in the scale? way the fuck up there? Okay, Blake Byron, um, you know Shelley. Wordsworth, Keats, way the fuck up there. Okay, so the fact that I've never heard of him is more can or more uh, indicative of my ignorance rather than um, potentially, yeah. Okay, potentially, I, I yeah. have heard of. Him. Who have you? I, who have huge. you heard of? What poets have you heard of? Um, I've definitely heard the name Keats. Okay. Um, what were the other ones you mentioned? Uh, Wordsworth. No. Browning. Uh, Shelley. Frankenstein. That's Mary Shelley. Yeah. She was, it was also Percy, Percy Bush Shelley, who was her uh-huh. husband, oh. who, who also was like, the, you know, the, the, the poem Ozymandias? Not a clue. Yeah. Yeah, that's Shelley. Ironically from Watchmen. And check out our earlier podcast. <laughs> they, you're right. That's right. They do that in, in Watchmen. Um, Ozymandias. Oh, man. Do I remember this? Two, two trunkless legs of stone. Um, 
in uh you know what i'm not gonna be able to remember it i met a traveler from an antique land that's how it begins i met a traveler from an antique land um but yeah look it up for me i once met a man from nantucket <laughs> um i met a traveler from an antique land who said quote two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert near them on the sand half sunk a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor will well those passions read which yet survived stamped on these lifeless things the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed and on the pedestal these words appear my name is Ozymandias, king of kings. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remain. No, look on me. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. What do we have? Where are we? Desert. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I met a traveler from an antique land who said, so it's already, you know, secondhand. Yeah. It's already secondhand. Antique. Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Two vast and trunkless legs of stone. What does that mean? Like an ancient statue. That's a uh, camel. Two, yeah. two vast and trunkless legs of stone. An, an ancient statue. A huge statue. Yeah, but it's trunkless. Well, it's, yeah. been, fuck, it's been fucked up. Yeah, so it's just two legs. Just two oh. legs without the body itself. Oh, yeah. I was thinking an elephant without a trunk. So no, no, that's no. why I went to camel. Nope, two trunkless legs of stone. Okay. Trunkless, of course, could be the dick as yeah. well. So it's a, it's, oh. a, it's oh. a castrated element too. Mm. Stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies. The fuck's a visage? It's a face. Oh. oh. Face. So, so the, 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 the face of the statue, half sunk. So mm. you can only see part of it. And it's also shattered. Um whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor, well, whose passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. In other words, the, the, the sculptor, right, is the one who sort of created this under some sort of oppressive element. And now the irony of that is, is coming to life. Hmm. Wait, the hand, I'm sorry, the hand that feds, can you read that again? I'm uh, confused by that. So, um, and, uh, so whose frown and wrinkled lip and, steer cold of, and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor, well, those passions read. So, mm. so the sculptor knew exactly what the, what the. He was a hipster sculptor. Yeah, what this character looked like. He was like, like a, uh, a Disney animator, like hiding shit in his sculpting. Yeah, well, also just knew, it, it, that line that I just read just means that he knew exactly what they looked like. Mm. Um, but also knew almost the, what it what it felt like and the idea of it, right? So just knew it intimately in the south. Um, so whoever whoever sculpted it actually saw this this Ozymandias. Um, uh, tell the sculptor Wedworth's passions, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things: the the statue itself, the hand that mocked them, and the heart that fed. So this was the king in mm. a way, right? And and the it was just a a peasant who sort of sculpted. Um, this and on the pedestal, these words appear. Okay, my name is Ozymandias. Who's Ozymandias? Zeus. I don't know. Ozymandias was a um, was the the king. Yeah, he was a, 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 a oh god, not an Egyptian king. Fuck, Greek. I feel like it was Egyptian. Athenian. 
I think it was Egyptian. Oh no, he's Ramses. Yeah, Ramses Ra- the second. Ramses, Ramses the Great. Ramses the second yeah. is Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's Egyptian. Nice. Um, my name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Reaching out to this vast desert, nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. So what does what does Ramses what is his what is his works? Nothing in the distance. It's just it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Shelley. Look upon them and dis- in despair. Look upon my works, ye mighty in despair. So that's the bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> that's that's the, the husband of <laughs> Same difference. Of the woman who wrote Frankenstein. Shel- Mary Shelley so Mary Shelley, that's an interesting thing about Frankenstein. So she um her, her mom died in childbirth, giving birth to her. Hmm. So Frankenstein's monster actually kind of is Mary, Mary Shelley. Hmm. Um, that's where that came from. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, shall I read something else? Pride and Prejudice, Great Gatsby, Dickens. Uh, while we have our pizza. You guys can eat, while, by the way, while I read. I don't mind. I'm professional. No, let's, <laughs> let's, fin- let's wrap it up with one, something short and sweet. Yeah. Something short and sweet? Yeah. Short and sweet. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice? All right, we'll go back to Blake since this was a whole Blake episode. Exactly. What's Brevity your... is the soul of wit. Very nice. Is that Blake? Nope. Mr. Oh. Shakespeare. Really? Right? The bard himself? It is Polonius in Hamlet. The Bartman? Everybody and ironically, can? So, so, Steve Bartman? <laughs> well, so Polonius is going off and, and trying to explain to the king and queen um, about Hamlet, but he keeps rambling. He's doing this whole, you know, I just, he's, he, he, keeps, he keeps rambling and rambling and rambling. And then finally he's like, well, therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness the limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ. To make a long story Get short. Get on with it. Right, exactly. <laughs> finally, he's like, your noble son is mad. Mad, I mean. And, and he just keeps going. Gotcha. So, so Paul, uh, Gertrude and Claudius are just listening as, as the bumbling head of state just it keeps wobbling. feels like wobbling. a uh, Groucho Marx bit. Yeah, I feel like the groundlings love that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The groundlings definitely love Polonius. Oh, I was thinking the uh, improv troupe. We'll we'll get into we'll get to that <laughs> one. Um, the the other fun part about uh, Polonius was where the fuck is the fucking? I'm trying Polonius to find. Polonius was really good at yes ending. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but pebble. <laughs> um, this will be a good one. We'll just read this one. I, I don't remember. This is called the Cloud and the Pebble. Love seeketh not love seeketh not itself to please. Nor for itself hath any care, but for another gives its ease and builds a heaven in hell's despair. So sang a little clod of clay, trodden with the cattle's feet. But a pebble of the brook, warbled out of these marbles meet. Love seeketh only self to please, to blind another to its delight. Joys in another's loss of ease, and builds a heaven, and builds a hell in heaven's despite. The, uh... Little angel and devil on your shoulder. Don't fall in love, people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> love hurts. Love scars. The final one is so epic. Love Does this one work over here? Maybe they're dead. Jesus. Let's try it one more time anyway. Just sit, Joey, say something cool. Thank you for listening to Literally Literary. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Let's eat, let's eat some pizza.
thefallcast.com.